This is the Talent, Sales, and Scale Show. And you can use that in a couple of different ways. One, from an onboarding perspective. Two, on a continued development perspective in a playbook. And three, from a marketing, sales, uh, product marketing, product, uh, product management, product development, all of that stuff can all be on the same page, same with customer success. So we can start to knock down these silos by one tool in this, this value table. So I love that idea. Um, what else should we know about that value table before we move to step two in these three steps? Well, uh, let's move to step two while I use the value table, if that's cool. okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because the, the step two is we need to recognize where our buyers are in their value discovery. And now the, the thing about the value table that everybody's now thinking is, yeah, 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 I get it. They're going to make more money if they use my product, but my competitor charges a whole lot less. How do I get them to pay me more because my competitor is charging a, a much smaller number? And so the value table, I'm sorry, let me, let me say it this way. Our buyers are typically making two different decisions. The first decision is, will I? Will I buy something in this product category? The second decision is which one? Which one will I go buy? Given they said yes, or at least maybe to the will I, then they're going to go out and do research and say, okay, now whose am I going to buy? Yours or your competitors? We tend to think of a value table as answering the value for should you go solve this problem? But we can also create value tables for what's the value of my product relative to this competitor's product. So now those features, the solution that we put in there, isn't just all the features we love. Now it's the differentiated features. What's different between your product and your competitor's product? What's different between your services and your competitor's services? And then we look at what problem does that solve? What result does that achieve? What's the value to your customer because of your differentiation? In truth, we have then two different value tables. One is what's the value of solving the problem? And the other is what's the value relative to the competitor? Yeah, because you have to take that against market competition, but a car is a car is a car. It's going to get me to point A to point B. It's what is associated with that. And then the other part of this is, um, and I don't know if you want to jot this question down and come back to it, but through that differentiation, I would think that depending on where they are along that buyer's journey is going to have a pretty big impact. Was it cold outbound that caught that person that got them thinking about it? Was it inbound lead conversion? And now they're within the throes of buying and they're comparing you against the universe. So you're going to have a much higher competitive situation and margin compression versus maybe you got them a little bit further um, ahead in that thought process and you're helping them to create this. And you might be their only idea that, oh my gosh, you're the one that brought this to me, let's use you. So that was a lot in there. Can you unpack that a little bit about how we I would do all this? I can absolutely unpack that for you. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna create a two by two matrix, if you're with me. Yeah, sure. Okay, so along the bottom, we're gonna put will I and which one. Okay. So buyers are either making a will I decision or they're making a which one decision. 
they always make a will I decision before they make a which one decision. Okay. Right. At least they say maybe to will I before they go and look at other things. On the horizontal, on the y-axis, we're going to put without salespeople at the top and with salespeople at the bottom. Almost always, buyers start in that top left quadrant. And so this is, they're making a will-I decision without salespeople. So something says to them, I need to go buy something like this. Your car broke down, your refrigerator broke down, you got a new job and you need a new suit. Right? There's something that caused you to say, I need to buy something like this. Now the question is, how do you go from that point to buying a product? And this is the values, uh, I'm sorry, the buyer's value journey. How are they learning about the value of what the decision is they're about to make? I identify three different paths through this map. The first and most common path that you're gonna see people make is when they go from the top left to the top right. So they say, hey, I need a new car. Let me go online and do a bunch of research about new cars before I ever talk to a salesperson. Then they finally say, okay, now I need to go talk to a couple of salespeople. So then they drop down and they're in that which one decision talking to salespeople. Got it. These are the buyers who are most price sensitive. If you're in a B2B sales situation, they're probably lower level manager, individual contributor, maybe director level people, but they want to be able to tell their boss, hey, I've looked at all the alternatives. Here's the best choice. So this is the toughest of the three journeys as far as we're concerned for salespeople. But what we have to understand is when we run into those people, what we're doing is we're selling relative to our competitors. How is our product different from better than our competitors and why is it, why should you buy from us? Rather than value. Right, it's still value. It's still the value of the differentiation. Okay. Right. Because if, if I'm faster than yours, there's got to be a reason why it's important. If I'm more energy efficient, there's a reason why it's more important. Got the it. second journey that people often take or sometimes take is they say, hey, I've got this problem. I'm going to go call this company and see how they would solve it. So they're talking to a salesperson right away before they do a bunch of research. In fact, that's their research. Okay. What we as salespeople have to learn is to recognize that immediately and never, ever mention a competitor. We are selling the value of solving the problem. Now, what are some ways that we can identify that? Because in my mind, I'm thinking everybody's gone to, um, gone to Google or G2 or whatever million areas that they've gone out to. Um, how would we identify that as a salesperson that gets an inbound call, which never happens, but let's pretend it did. Yeah. Well, step one is just sell as though that's where they are, right? Okay. Start the sales process about selling the value of solving the problem. As we go down the sales path, they could stop you and say, yeah, yeah, but how do you compare to X, Y, Z, right? How do you compare to your competitor? Okay. We now know where we are, right? They okay. just told us. If we've gone down the path a little bit about selling um, just the value of solving the problem, then we, we can earn the right to ask the following question. Never ask the question, are you looking at my competitors? Right. Instead, ask the question, if you don't buy from us, what will you do? I like that one. Uh, uh, another change in that is uh, one great question is, hey, with or without my help, how do you get this sold? So same thing, but 
just use your own personality here. Keep going. Yep. Yeah. And so the whole point is I'm, I'm implying this is the only solution. Yeah. I'm not even mentioning that there's something else. So then the buyer says to you, hey, thank you. I really appreciate all the help. You've done a fantastic job. By the way, we call this a relationship journey and you've built a really nice relationship. The buyer then says to you, but I got to go look at the other alternatives. They go off, they, they go look at other alternatives, but you've built the advantage because you formed a really nice relationship. You've helped them understand what's important, how to solve the problem. Uh, so as a general rule, people who are on this relationship journey are less price sensitive. Now, one question off of that, what I found is because a lot of times I've never been the cheapest one. Everything that I've sold in my life, Mark, I've never been the cheapest one, right? Everything that you that you could purchase from me, you could purchase a commodity from somebody else. But then there's also a higher level of um, customer engagement and work with them, some consulting that goes along with it to help them in, in the implication or the uh, implementation of that or adoption of it. So... What I ended up doing, and I'm curious as your feedback on this, I just kind of was forced to do it, is how to compare different firms or how to compare alternatives. That way they could identify where value is. And if they don't find value in that, then I disqualify them. Hey, listen, I know that I'm not going to be the solution for everyone. If you're buying on price and price alone, I'm not your guy. But if you're looking for blankety, blankety, blank to be solved in the quickest, fastest, most effective uh, way, then it's going to be, you know, this approach. Yep. So that's how I've gone to it um, in the past. I don't know if that's what you would suggest off of that type of scenario or not. Um, so when I tell you the third journey, it'll be clear why I suggest that we don't start that way. Okay. I think I think we should start with selling the value of solving the problem. Agree with the that, moment. By the way. And then the moment they say to me, I need to go look at the alternatives, That's then I would do exactly what you just said. Correct. Right? Okay. So if you're going to look at alternatives, here are some things you want to consider. Uh, here, you know, and so I think that's a wonderful thing to do because as soon as they say that they're going to go look at alternatives, we're now switching our mindset from selling the value of solving the problem to sell, sell, selling the value of our product relative to our competitors. 